Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fancy sponsoring the Battle Fever Network? Fancy having your business, company logo, or our social media graphics, and your details being read out on our shows? Well, now you can. Get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms or email us at battlefeverpod at outlook.com. That's battlefeverpod at outlook.com. Hashtag keep the battle fever on. This show is brought to you by the Battle Fever Network. If you haven't already, then please follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search the Battle Fever podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and never miss a pod again. Hit that subscribe button and you're in. If you don't, We'll send policies round to your door for a talking to. And trust me, you don't want that. You can talk for days. It is safer, really, just to subscribe. is beautiful. It's deeped in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive. I got that battle fever. When I was a young boy, my father said, to me put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me and now i am much older there's a place i want to be it's red faucet is beautiful it's steeped in history and i know what i'll find when the place comes alive i got that Kenny Miller also had a, chat, a spell in charge as well um, yeah. as player manager. Uh, we've had Kenny on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. Kenny divides opinion amongst the Rangers supporters, as I'm sure you're well aware. Um, personally, I like the guy. I think he's I think he's a great player for Rangers. But 
how did how did it go working with Kenny in terms well, of a different different it, kind of mindset for that? It was, it was um, so the reason behind Kenny again. It was me recruiting Kenny. The reason behind Kenny coming in was I felt that I needed a bit of help with someone who had Premier League experience. Kenny ticked both boxes from. You could tell he's he was he's going to have a career in management. I think Kenny, right? I think we were maybe a wee bit early with one another, um, but I think you can tell that Kenny understands the game. He's a good coach. I can I, I know that because I've seen him coaching. Um, but I felt, you know what, I'm going to have someone here with years and years of Premier League experience and a striker, a striker who's going to, who's going to probably score us 12 to 15 goals a season. That's maybe a wee bit naive for my point as well. But yeah. I just felt bringing Kenny in as a player manager, you were kind of, I was ticking both boxes. Like, so I would still keep doing what I'm doing. Kenny would be playing, but we would both be bouncing off each other. But I think I, I underestimated that probably Kenny did also as the actually huge impact that doing both has. And I don't know if it works at a Premier League level. I'd probably say I know it doesn't work. I was looking for Kenny now to come away for the training side of it because I don't think it was working having Kenny on the park and Kenny and me in the side or just me in the side with Kenny on the park. It wasn't great. I don't think it worked. I hugely, hugely underestimated that. I think Kenny underestimating it. I think they just came to a mutual decision where I don't think both was working and I was quite happy for Kenny to come away for the playing side where I think Kenny thought, well Kenny knew, not that Kenny thought, Kenny knew that he probably had a couple of years more playing football in his locker so Kenny Bave said look we'll call it a day it's not really worked and um, Kenny went on to keep playing Premier League football with Dundee I think wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kenny went on to keep playing Premier League football and obviously at that point, Holty came in and I kept doing what I was doing at the club for wanting a better work. You obviously turned the, or no turned the job down because you were the one that was interviewing potential managers, obviously. But yeah. you, I, I support, you mentioned there about coaching badges. Seeing if you had your coaching badges, would you still have said that that's too soon for you? And yeah. you said that that wouldn't have been, yeah. wouldn't have been for you at that point? I got offered the job before. I, the chairman, the chief executive, I take the job, David, take the job. Why you know taking the job? One, I kind of got away with the media coverage on my background, i.e. Yeah. in terms of nobody really bothered that David Martindale was a League One coach. Nobody really bothered that David Martindale was a Championship coach. I, as you know yourself, Scottish football is predominantly based around the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I'd got married, I'd moved away for Livingston, moved to Edinburgh, my wife had a new job, her own company. I had a young daughter at that time who was starting primary one. And I'm thinking, do you know what? I don't think I'm ready for this because I knew it was going to be all over the papers and stuff. And I thought, I don't think it's right for the football club, but I didn't think I was ready because I'd never coached or played in the Premier League. So I didn't know what to expect. I felt I needed that experience in the building, hence why Kenny was the obvious choice for me. Um, never had my coaching badges, couldn't get them. So I felt, you know what, it's no right for me. But with Kenny leaving, the kind of media just it went absolutely crazy. David Martindale's running Livingston Football Club, a convicted drug dealer in the Premier League. It just actually, one of the main reasons for me turning the job down was the publicity, the adverse publicity that I knew it would create. Also, yeah. I, I didn't think it was right for me, the club at the time. But one of the decisions why I wouldn't want to do it was the adverse publicity it was going to have in my family. Um, and unfortunately, it became leaving so early in the job. It had, I had that media coverage whether I wanted it or not. 
So I kind of went through all that stuff. I didn't want to go through for different reasons. Um, but I also didn't think it was right for the club at that point. And it wasn't a probably halfway through the season. We beat Celtic here. Managed to get a draw at Parkhead with my coaching principles, the players that I've recruited, me and Holty working together, that you felt, you know what? I can do this because I'm doing it. I've done it. I'm actually doing it. The way I want to set a team up, the way I approach games, the players that I'm recruiting, me and Holty coaching them together, it was all working. It was all working. And at that point, probably six months into, the adverse publicity died down. But I'd probably played every team once or twice. And we knew we were going to be safe that year. So we knew we were going to be safe. And at that point, I knew that David Martindale could coach in the Premier League because I'd never played in it, never coached in it previously. So I generally, honestly, couldn't have told you if I, I was above my level, below my level. I couldn't have told you if I was going to be successful. All I knew is I would go in there, I'd give it my best, and I'd work as hard as I possibly can, and I'll see where it takes me. And it's kind of took us to a fifth year in the Premier League, to be honest. See, I find it amazing, this, the story. And again, it's nothing to do with Rangers, it's David Martindale and it's Livingston, but I think it's amazing the story of how how you got there and how the club got to where they are as well, not just yourself, how the yeah. club got to where they are as well. Because consistently, and listen, I don't know why I bring this up, right? But I was listening to you and Cameron on that football podcast there at the weekend, uh-huh. who's got a great Livingston for some weird reason, like right? Disney like Livingston being in the right, You know, he says, he says he does, it's not that he doesn't like Livingston, he says he just doesn't know what Livingston bring because half the support, half the people for West Lothian go to Edinburgh to see the, the two in Edinburgh and half of them come to Glasgow and see, obviously, the two down here. But he doesn't, he doesn't like Livingston and he's, he's tipped again Livingston to go down. And I think your social media guys had a had a wee spot uh, with I, last I, season. I, I know who you're talking about now. There's a couple of wee bits and bobs last year. Uh, <laughs> and and I just thought, I felt I was saying to myself, though, but truly, God, the story of how Livingston are where they are now and yourself where you're now is, it's, it's akin to, like, like I, know, I know it's stupid, but Leicester been doing there and winning the league. Really, Livingston have got no right to be in it's, the Premier League on the budget that they've got and, like, yourself being there as manager and oh, how yeah. it's all came about. No, I, I, I agree with that one. I look at it and I try and put it into perspective. Right? You just take, I don't, I, honestly, I go on Twitter, but I look at Twitter, no for Livingston information. I like seeing Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, the English football. I, I like Twitter as a, a source of football information. That's why I go on Twitter. But I genuinely stay away from David Martindale stuff and Livingston stuff because you'll never ever win. And like, I, I don't know what that, you and Cam, what does Livingston bring to the Premier League? I think it's fairly obvious what Livingston bring to the Premier League. I think uh, we bring a lot of entertainment and excitement. You look at us on Saturday, I'll defy anybody that says, I'll argue with anybody that says that wasn't a good league opener. I thought it was actually a good tactical game of football. Now, if we'd come away from it, it would have been getting called anti-football. But you look at Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid set up like that nearly 99% of their games, no matter who yeah. they're playing. I watched West Ham Rangers. West Ham were in a deep block for a lot of the game. I watched yeah. the Spurs game. Spurs were in a deep block for a, a lot of the game. So there's a lot of tactical information that was in that game, tactical and the game management. I think it goes unnoticed with sometimes with pundits. Maybe not, that's maybe been unfair to pundits. But just to the general public, when they look at it, if you were to break everybody's budget down and do pounds for points, this is this is me patting ourselves in the back here. If you were pounds for points, 
and how much it costs every club per point. I guarantee you, by a country mile, Livingston won that league every year. Pounds per points. And I've had it sent to me two, two years out of three. And we're roughly around, I think it's 27 grand a point. 27 pound, um, 1.3 million budget last year and 49 points. I think it worked out about 27 grand a point. And if you were to maybe, and this is no reflection on the old forum because I would love a budget like the old forum. I'd love to be able to recruit that. And if you kind of reflect that on maybe a Ranger Celtic budget, 40 million pound, whatever it is, 35, 40 million pound, with whatever it is the league points, it comes out about four, 500 grand a point. But even as you come down the leagues, St Johnston's, couple of million pound hearts, whatever their budget is. Of all, I'm not what to talk about all teams' budgets, but you kind of know it. Every other team are paying because you're in the industry. If yeah. you actually look at it, we punch well above our weight. And for me, that's a good story. That's yeah. a good story. I don't, I don't understand why people wouldn't think that's not a good story, just from a footballing perspective. But see, talk, talking from like a tactical point on Saturday, I felt first half, Livingston spot on with the tactics mm-hmm. yourself got it bang on and and stifled us big time we couldn't we, first half for us was horrible to watch because we couldn't but it wasn't that Livingston was sitting deep and Rangers were battering Livingston I said we'd done a live watch along David and Saturday of the game the game was on in the background and we were just getting our thoughts as it went on and it got to 35 minutes and I says do you know what I says by by the time we get to the half time whistle the, uh, the Livingston fans David Martindale all the Livingston players should be saying Thank God it's half time, right? Because Rangers should be battering them for the last mm-hmm. ten minutes here, and and it should be an onslaught, and it should be a relief to hear that whistle. That never came. No. If anything, Livy with the header, I, I can't imagine who it was. Big striker, and McLaughlin caught it. Technically, yeah. I, I felt as though if that's up the other end and that's Chola, I'm expecting him to score that, right? Yeah. So I thought the big man could have done maybe better with the header, it, it and Livy could be two up. There wasn't a lot of pace on it, to be fair to him. He's trying to generate that, he's sell of power. But I think he probably could do a little bit better. And we had a couple of decent counter-attacks, by the way, with Kamara and Goldson. I took yellow cards, but they're clever yeah. yellow cards. Clever yellow cards. And I don't think your keeper had a save to make the first half. No, that was one of the points we raised as well. Which is we can't even remember. McLaughlin's picked the boys in there and been tested. But we don't think they've got and I thought your goalie was outstanding, by the way, in the I second half. Know. I thought it was outstanding. Um second half, as we said, Brain just changed it and, and Gio realised it. It's fair play to the recruitment staff at the club because the players you brought in are, you could see they came on and changed the game. You still yeah. look at Scotty, Scotty coming in and doing what Scotty does. But you look at Tav again, it's all our Twitter Tav does what Tav does. But it's, it's true. It's why he's a captain a Rangers football club, it's why the man was a captain in the Europa league final, he's a top, top player he's a top, top player and I look at Gio Hat off him he changed the shape slightly, he committed more bodies in the box, got a bit more width and tried to put balls in for wide areas a wee bit more frequently and if you look at Scotty's goal, comes for committing bodies into the box and a ball into the box for Ryan Kane I think that was the first ball that Ryan Kane or maybe the second ball that he put in with his right foot because we generally locked him off onto the line and tried to put him in with his left foot. He's a lot stronger than his right, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that's the second ball he's put in the box in the whole game with his right foot, and we Scott has made a midfield run and got on the end of it. And then we give a cheap, we give a cheap free kick away, to be fair. We give a cheap free kick away, and we kind of set the wall up a wee bit indifferent. But again, Tav's still got to put that in an area where he's got a chance of scoring. And he does that. Yeah. He does it. 
Going into this season, obviously, you've been now established as a manager for, you're established at Livingston anyway for as every yeah. role, as I said, but in terms of being the manager, what's your... You, you're going into Saturday, you're setting up the team against one of the favourites to win the league, one of two favourites, let's face it, Rangers and Celtic. Yeah, yeah. How different is your approach, though? I know you say you take it game by game, and I know you say you do things the same way, you think it continuity, yes. but how different is your approach and your messages to the players and your team talk well, to the players Compared to playing uh, Hamilton. Aye, so you're changing maybe the area of the park that you're going to initiate your press. There's all different areas where we can lock on. Do we lock on a wee bit deeper? The game plan against Rangers was obviously to set a wee bit deeper. But they forced us back even deeper than I wanted to be, to be honest. Yeah. We've been done by Rangers a couple of times with balls in behind. And I think, you look at Tavin Goldson, he's have scored a lot of goals, a lot of goals over the years for them initiating that run in behind with a striker or Ryan Kent um, getting on the ball in behind. So we had to try and deny the space in bet- behind behind um, in the game with Rangers. So to deny the space in behind, it's ultimately going to force you into a lower block, whether it's a mid-block or a defensive block or whatever you want to call it, you're going to be defending from deeper. So where we can initiate the press or where we can put pressure on the balls a lot deeper than maybe going into, let's say, a Hamilton game. Hamilton are not in the league, so we'll talk about Hamilton. So we're going into a game up against Hamilton. I can probably go into that game and press a lot higher. We can lock on and probably leave a wee bit more space in behind. So the game where you're pressing, who you're allowing to have time on the ball, like you're looking at John Sewer. Now, I think John Sewer will be a top Rangers player, and I want to put that on record right totally. now. I think Big Joel would have... He gave everybody a hard game on Saturday, no just John Sutter. No just John Sutter. I think he gave Big Goldson a hard time as well. Um, but I think you've got a left foot, a right footed left centre half. It makes more sense to let the ball go to him. Yeah. I had Steph and Omi Anger on the side of the ball where Ryan Kemp was, because I know that part of Steph's game is tackles and turnovers. And um, the last thing you want to do is isolate your fullback with Ryan Kent. So as we tweaks and bits of detail going into every game that will always change, I'll look at the shape will change. We were only a 4-3-3, we were a 4-3-2-1, which basically fell into a 5-4-1 at times. Because you can talk about your shape, but Rangers, the, the good teams force you into defending your 18-yard box and it, your shape changes. So we did have a slight tweaking change. I never played with two out-and-out wingers. I played with probably two central midfielders. So I I locked off the middle of the park because I played with five centre mids, a three and a two, so the banky three behind the two in front, and we allowed the ball to the full wax and we pressed from out to in. Yeah. Uh, sorry, into out, sorry. Pressed into out and tried to lock them on. That'll change going into other opponents. Probably Celtic will be a similar approach. You're trying to, you're trying to give them the territory out wide, aren't you? You're not wanting them in behind. So the, game, the approach where I press from will change, the personnel within my team shape will change I might play with two out and out wingers against Hamilton and a number 9 that's got good link up or runs in behind or I might play a 4-2-3 run with a number 10 that's getting up closer to number 9 so there's a lot of detail that changes within a game going into that opponent but uh, my way, the way that I coach I now can park Rangers, it's done and I'm now focused on the Dungeon United game, I'm focused on the Dungeon United game and where they are think their strengths and threats are. So I do a SWOT analysis on every every opponent. So their strengths, weaknesses, 
opportunities and their threats. So where's their strengths and where's their threats coming from? Where's the weaknesses and where's my opportunities? And then that game plan all goes into the uh, sorry, that detail all goes into the game plan and the coaching method throughout the rest of the week. So I like to train two days. So I, normally we'll be a Monday, Tuesday off, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, play Saturday. So I've gave the boys Sunday, Monday off because we'll train Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, train Friday, Saturday. So you're still keeping the two block to two days yeah. off, two days. That principles. So we'll take the principles of the Dungeon United game going into Tuesday, and Tuesday, which is tomorrow, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday. Then we'll keep coaching that detail on the the two days prior than the two days before. See, that's actually what my next question was because I was going to say about the. The European involvement and how that affects yourselves. Although you're not in Europe, you've got to come up against Rangers, yeah. Celtic, Dundee United. You know, Hearts are there this year as well. Motherwell sadly been knocked out, yeah. but you know, it's a lot of teams in the league that that then has a knock-on effect on you guys because your week preparation yeah. obviously has to change to suit that as well. So that you can answer that to be fair. But we got a wee bit lucky with the, the Premier Sports Cup draw because what we've been done with in the past, we've qualified at that section six times. I think we've been knocked out twice with Rangers in the quarterfinals. Um, normally we'll get hit with a Wednesday game. You'll be playing Sunday in the, the Sunday. You play the Wednesday, then you're a Saturday fixture because you're a team that's out with Europe. Yeah. And our preparation really gets impacted through getting through the Premier Sports. Got lucky this time because the Dungeon United games are uh, Wednesday because they play. They play the Sunday because they're European game, yeah. which has kicked us into the Wednesday. But my next opponent's Hearts, who play the Sunday anyway. So yeah. I'm playing a European opponent in the Wednesday in the Cup, and I'm playing a European opponent in the league game on the Sunday. So it's really helped us out that way. But if yeah. I look at Dungeon United, Dungeon United played um, Sunday, wasn't it? Played Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. So I've got to try and use that to the best of my benefit because yeah. that was a Saturday. So we've had a wee bit of rest. And I think when you're a team out with the old firm that's not used to playing every year in Europe, it's different. It's difficult to get that scheduling right. Yeah. It's really, really difficult to get the training programmes, the training loads and the scheduling right. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can totally imagine because for Rangers and that, it's, it's quite... Simple, well, you know, you know when you're playing, you so so, and they're used to it. You know, we're yeah, used to it. Our players are used to that. You know that. That's so nice. But you look at last year when Rangers and Celtic dropped points. It was generally off the back of an away Thursday night or an yeah. away Wednesday night. They've been away at some far flung place in a European game. It's took a lot of energy from the players, and then they come into. I think themselves took a few points off Celtic. Dungeon United took a few points off Rangers. But if you look at it, it was always on the back of their European games. Yeah. And when that Ange came here and beat us, I think it was 3-1, they never had a, a European game to contend with during that midweek, the, the weekend fixture. They never had a European game in that midweek. And I think that really is detrimental to the old firm at times, the scheduling. But again, all top clubs in Europe, they have to get, all mate, have to get used to it. But that's where your squad depth is so important. But it's got yeah. to be the quality and depth, not the quantity, the quality. And yeah. I, I think I can see this year in both teams' recruitments. I think they've added, both teams have added very, very well, to be honest, yeah. just looking at the two squads. It'll be a race, I think. Um, I think it's going to be tight for, yeah. like for a, a neutral. Everybody, like I grew up a Rangers supporter, I grew up in Govan, I was at Rangers when I was younger. I'm a Livingston man, I'm a Livingston supporter. 
you know yeah, what I mean? I'm a loving, but I'm actually looking forward to the title race this year. I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Maybe not so much for your point of view. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> a genuine, a genuine good title race this year. I think I, I'm as me as a, a football manager in this league. I think it, I think it's going to be a good league this year. Yeah, um, I'm conscious of your time, mate. I know right, you're honest, a busy guy. Um, last two or three questions here. You, you say that we've grown up a Rangers fan, and, and then you also mentioned the stuff on Twitter at the weekend. How do you deal with that? Does that bother you at all? Because people no. will obviously say, "Oh, Tab, Tab, Tab does what Tab does, and that's comforting." Matt, do you spend Rangers fan? Blah blah. Does that bother you? No. No, like if if anybody disagrees with what I'm saying, they're deluded. I know, I know. I'm deluded. Like I I've I, I get like you beat Celtic and Rangers beat us last year and we took points off Celtic. He's a do you, do you seriously think I can go in my changing room and say don't try the day lads? I'm a, I was a Rangers supporter when I was younger. I've got six Celtic fans in there. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen. I want to beat Rangers as much as I want to beat Celtic. Of course. Now, yeah, Saturday, how anybody can, like, oh, his demeanour after the game, or I, I get my pals all send me the stuff. So right. still, I don't want to see it, but I look at <laughs> stuff because it is quite funny sometimes. But I don't go on Twitter looking for it, I get sent to me. I'm like, ah, how, how tight was the game on Saturday? I know. How tight was the game, do you know what I mean? But you've still got Celtic fans saying, I try, try harder against Celtic. Honestly, I, I generally this is me. This is me being truly honest, probably too honest. I'm choking to take points off Rangers. Of course, it's one of my bugbears since we beat Rangers here one 0 and I think we've had a draw. I don't think we've done well enough against Rangers. No. I don't think we have, and it's no for the fact that I go in the changing room and ask the boys to no tries hard today because it's Rangers. Uh, it's, I generally uh, go out there. I, I I go out there every game I play against anyone. No matter Rangers Celtic, we want three points. We try our best to take points from the game. Oh, as I know, as for Rangers' point of view, and I'm a season tick holder at Ibrooks, I go to games, and if it's Livingston, it's we're going to a, a, a your stadium or Livingston County Ibrooks. I know it's going to be a tough game today. That's yeah. that's what that's what I get for, for Livingston. There's other. I probably I probably think that about I get a good few of the teams in the league yeah. because naturally you lift your. Oh, saying but you do lift your game against. The old it's on the telly, it's you know what I mean. It's, it's only natural, do you know what I mean? We're, we're used to playing in, let's say, front of 3,000 fans. You go to Celtic, you go to Rangers, 55, 60,000 coming to Livingston, that's 10,000. The atmosphere yeah. lifts it. And see if you look at that COVID season, that never helped any of the old firm, did it? But the amount of games that Rangers dropped that year, Celtic, Rangers win the league, Celtic, I just felt it really helped the smaller clubs going to these stadiums. When they yeah. were empty, I think it really helped. And I've listened to managers. I think Robbie Nielsen made a good point. He said he's like when the, the the fans, no fans in the stadium. That championship year was a struggle at times. But coming into the Premier League with eighteen thousand fans I, I, on his side, what a difference it made! Yeah, what a difference yeah. it made. And I think I think just for a natural from a player going into that environment, it just it makes you. It gets a wee bit more from you. Yeah. Um, in terms of your, your season ahead, Livingston, you've played game one, obviously. Where Where is your ambitions for Livingston this season? I know everybody's say, seen you on Sky and you said it's all about securing, I suppose, like 10th yeah. and as quickly as possible. And then you see where you go where you go from there. How hard is that to sell, though, every year to players? And I, do you find it hard to sell it? Or? Nah, but I, nah, I don't really get players coming in and saying, oh, what's your aspirations this year? 
I think anybody that comes to Livingston, they know what it's all about. We're all in it together and we all need to maximise our potential together. So every year about staying in the Premier League, but I think now I've got a wee bit more continuity in the building for probably the first time in my career at Livingston in terms of being in the Premier League. 80% of that starting a living on Saturday played football for me last year. And I think that's shown on the park. You could see that on the park. Um, so this year, the aspirations are staying in the Premier League, but they are genuinely believe we've got a wee bit more in my locker and we could we can maybe push for that top six, I do, or we can maybe push to a semi-final at Hamden, and then you never know, you could be in a final. So, yeah, I do believe that, but, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because would I be surprised if we were 10th in the Premier League on match day 36? I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't because it's difficult to keep punching above your weight every year. It is difficult because you're constantly demanding more and more for the players and your staff. You're constantly demanding more from yourself. We've got to perform, let's be honest, at 90% or above our capabilities to get anything out of games. Whereas somebody that's picking up, I don't know, an international player for another club can probably get away with playing at 70%. He still had a good game. There's probably money including myself, none of the staff and players within our building, that we've all got to be punching. Every every game is mentally exhausting, physically exhausting for the players, but it's mentally exhausting because you put so much effort and application into the game to try and pick points up, to try and stay in the Premier League. Because, do you know what? That's what we have to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, last question. For, for yourself, personally, what is the, what's the goal where do, you, where do you want to go as a coach, as a manager? Because I'm sure everybody can see that watches Scottish football and has watched Livingston for the last couple of years under your your um, tenure. You can see that there is a, a very good coach there that the players respect and that the players would run out, you know, run through a brick wall for on a Saturday. And that comes across when you're watching a Livingston game. For yourself, you've you've worked at that club for, for so long now. It gave you the opportunity. There's a loyalty, obviously, there. Um if an opportunity, a big club, a bigger club in Livingston came in, would you be open to it? Or is it very much you are content? Mm. My ninth, this is my ninth season at Livingston. I've had opportunities. I've had people phone up, we've been chasing this job, been chasing that job, but I've never felt it's right for me. I'd, I'll try and be as diplomatic with the answer as possible. Because what I hate is when players, players come into Livingston, so every single person I recruit's coming in here to move on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Everybody. Not one person comes in here to be at Livingston the rest of their career, right? Yeah. Including the staff, including the staff. So it's difficult because you're recruiting people you know. You're giving them a platform because they want to move on. So that's difficult in the first place. And I always tell the players, don't come into your work and not to be at Livingston. Because as soon as you start doing that, you're done. You're done. You're not going to perform to the best of your ability. So I say to myself, I can't think like that. So I come into my work every day to do the best for Livingston Football Club. If an offer came in for me, obviously, of course, of course I would consider it. But the chairman and the chief executive, so the chairman's Robert Wilson and the chief executive's John Ward. So obviously, it would need to go through the chief executive and the chairman and see if the two of them say to me, Davy, I think that would be good for you. I would, I, would, I would then consider it. I would, I would then look at it and go, right, well, that is something I would go and look at in more detail. See if either of them say, Davy, we don't want you to go and we don't think it's right. I would generally, generally would stay at Livingston Football Club until the day comes at Livingston, chat my door and say, look, Davey, I think it's time you move on either through success or through 
the lack of success. I think that my loyalty is to John and Robert at the football club, but I think I've got that relationship with John and Robert. If an opportunity came about that was life-changing for me, I think the two of them would probably say to me, David, it's time for you to move on. So would I listen? Of course I would. I'm, I'm only assuming, of course I would. But would that decision be come from the chairmanship? Probably. I think I'd, I'd have to yeah. hand in heart. It would, it would need to be their decision. Probably not my own. David, I think that's why you're, and I'm not blowing smoke up your backside here in any way, but I think that is one of the, why you're one of the, the most likeable guys in Scottish football because you're very honest. You know, that there's a lot of people out there that, especially when I see post-match interviews for managers mm-hmm. after they've played Rangers, and there's a lot of them that, you know, will, will try and try and say about, oh, we were robbed here, or oh, this happened, or it's typical playing the old firm. I think yourself always very complimentary of the old firm in terms of you respect the quality that they've got. You only need to look at your interview on Saturday there to, to see that, and I think that's why, well, maybe not so much the Celtic side because of all the stupid internet stuff, as you know, yeah. but, but the Rangers side certainly respect you as a manager and as a person, and your honesty and your loyalty to, to Livingston Football Club is incredible, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I hope Livy realise, the fans realise what it is they've actually got, because they don't get many that's loyal in football, to be fair. No, well, I owe, I owe Livingston a lot. I wouldn't be sitting here speaking to you guys if it wasn't for... Yeah. Football club at the end of the day, and I appreciate the nice words. Thanks very much. No, David, thanks very much for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it, um, and yeah. best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks very much. All the best. Thanks, Wednesday, right? Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye. When I was a young boy, my father said to me, "Put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me." Now I am much older There's a place I want to be It's red faucet is beautiful It's steeped in history And I know what I'll find When the place comes alive I got that battle fever Coming over me And I got Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.